We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl thanks for being here today it is the official end of Packers rookie minicamp, and I had the opportunity to attend day two, much like day one. It was a fairly nondescript practice overall. We had the opportunity to watch four periods, just like we did on Friday. Those four periods were basically a special teams period, a stretch period, a little bit of like a kind of individual period, I think more of like a fundamental period. And then the last one was an individual period, like based on positions. We did get to see some quarterbacks throwing to running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, those sort of things. But overall, there were no team periods. There were no 11 on 11, seven on sevens, even one on ones. These were fairly nondescript overall. So as I mentioned yesterday, First of all, if you didn't check out that episode, make sure to do so if you missed my day one recap. But as I mentioned in day one, do not make any overreaching, you know, sort of thoughts on this, you know, day one or day two of, of Packers minicamp. These were fairly nondescript. And as I mentioned, like these first four periods that we got to see a stretch period, special teams and some individual stuff. These are the periods in like a normal training camp practice that you're just trying to get through so you can get to the juicy stuff so that you can get to the one-on-ones, the seven-on-sevens, the 11-on-elevens, the red zone drills, all of those sort of things. So, you know, try not to put like too much crazy stock of like, oh, Dontavian Wicks looked good. So he's going to be a superstar. And oh, Lou Nichols struggled with a drop pass. So he's going to be a, you know, it's just, this is just observations. And I wanted to obviously, like I mentioned yesterday, give them to you because I am one of the few people that got to see practice. And I wanted to give you everything that I saw with my eyes and what I thought was ultimately interesting through the weekend. So I want to kick off today. Well, first of all, let me say Matt LaFleur was back at practice on Saturday. So remember he missed Friday's practice with a a cancer event uh, with Greg Gard, the Badgers basketball head coach. So he was back on Saturday leading practice. So it was great to see him back. Uh, But I wanted to kick things off with Dontavian Wicks. And Two practices in, this is a player that immediately catches the eye. He has very crisp routes. He's very clean as a wide receiver, good hands, plucks the ball away from his body, good size. He had a catch right along the sideline, right where we were standing, where it's just like, oh, like you could tell that he's built. You could tell that he's got a, like I said, just an overall very good build for a wide receiver. He is definitely somebody that if I were to say like, 
you know, where he was probably selected, just kind of looking at him, I would have probably been like, hey, that, that looks more kind of like a third round pick somewhere around there, not necessarily somebody that was in the fifth round. And if, I have not, you know, had the opportunity yet to do my deep dive on Wicks. But when I did, you know, sort of my quick recap, one of the things that I mentioned, and I'm sure you've probably heard by now is if this was 2021 Dontavian Wicks, this would have been a player that was drafted much, much earlier in the draft. 2022, um, you know, his team and, you know, individually just didn't have the season that everyone was kind of expecting, which is understandable. And, you know, that sort of dropped his stock a little bit. But, uh, you know, I thought we saw flashes of the 2021 Dontavian Wicks in this first rookie minicamp, which is exactly what you want to see. Like I said, he's a fun player. And I thought, like, even when you saw, like, side to side Jaden Reed, who I also thought had a really nice couple days, but even next, you know, Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, you know, sort of next to each other running, you know, similar routes and stuff. Like, Dontavian Wicks was a rare, you know, really, really impressive player uh, on a couple of those plays. So, yeah, again, overall, just against air, just catching some passes, not going full speed, those sort of things. But I was impressed overall about what I saw from Dontavian Wicks these past couple of days. Another player I wanted to highlight today was Brenton Cox. He is a undrafted free agent, somebody that would have been drafted if it weren't, you know, for some of the character stuff. Uh, but overall, you know, you watched him out on the field and he looked the part. He looked like somebody who probably should have been drafted. And like I said, probably would have if it weren't for a couple of those things. But overall, you know, he, you know, was just kind of doing some general drills today and you could see, you know, he packs a little bit of a punch and then they were doing the bag drills down at the other side. And this was a really impressive, like mix of speed and power and violent hands. And I was really impressed at how he was kind of getting through those drills. So that was another player, undrafted guy, probably their top undrafted free agent that stood out to me and will definitely be somebody that I think is worth keeping an eye on in OTAs, mini camps, training camp, etc. I think this is a player that is going to have a legitimate opportunity to make a 53-man roster or at worst, a practice squad if he can just kind of keep his hands clean and focus on football from here on out. Fun player and excited to see more of him moving forward. Another player I quickly wanted to highlight was another undrafted free agent. That is Kadeem Telfort. And I mentioned like this is Caleb Jones 2.0. And then I went back and I looked at the actual height and weight of Caleb Jones. And it made me remember just how massive Caleb Jones actually is. So for the record, Kadeem Telfort at least is listed as 6'7", 322. Massive dude. And like from afar, he looks like Caleb Jones 2.0. He's a, like I said, he tested very similarly to, to Caleb Jones. He's a really big player. I, I think he's probably a little bit over that 322 if I had to guess, but either way, big offensive tackle. They had him lined up at left tackle uh, during the mini camp portion that I was watching him. But then I went back and looked at Caleb Jones and I forgot that Caleb Jones was 6'9", 370. So he's, he's got almost 50 pounds on Telford and two inches. Now, from what we heard last year is Jones got his weight really under check and was probably closer to that 330, 340 range. And my guess is Telford probably is more in like that 328, 330 range. So my guess is that the difference in weight is actually not as crazy as the 50 pounds that it seems on paper, but it's just as a reminder of just how massive Caleb Jones is. But Kadeem Telford, 6'7", 322, very, very big human being. And he's going to be another one of their undrafted free agent offensive tackle prospects and projects. 
much like a Yash Nyman, a Caleb Jones, and some of those type of guys, and Alex Light previously. This is probably going to be their newest one, and I'm going to, again, be very intrigued and interested to see what he can do in mini camps and in training camp. Another player I wanted to highlight is probably, this might be the first and only time that he ever gets brought up on any sort of you know NFL podcast. It was uh, Jemias Williams, who is a trial player, a running back out of Georgia State. He is a pure rookie. And like I said, was in for a tryout. Listen, nothing may ever come out of this. And this, like I said, he may not end up ultimately with a roster spot and could maybe go out and try out with another, you know, couple teams or so. Maybe he eventually catches on on a practice squad or something. But, you know, for a non-drafted guy who is not even picked up as a undrafted free agent, who is just there for a tryout, Jemias Williams was somebody that definitely stood out to me, had a really nice quick burst, caught the ball well out of the backfield, had a couple like older over the shoulder grabs, you know, down at the other end of the field. Like I was very, very impressed. And if, just as you were watching some of these running backs, I thought Tyler Goodson looked the best of the four. I almost would have put Jemias Williams as kind of in that next group. Now that's not to, to knock on, you know, Lou Nichols or and, you know anyone else, but I, I really liked what I saw at Jemias Williams. And that would have been a player if like I was just watching it casually, I would have said like, that's probably the trial player that I would have brought in. Remember Green Bay had three spots going into the weekend. They did sign one player. I'll get to that more in just a moment. But uh, Jemias Williams, definitely a player that I'm hoping they pick up as a, you know, undrafted free agent and actually add to the roster. But if not, really nice showing in uh, in this mini camp and hopefully you can catch on somewhere, maybe on a practice squad somewhere down the line. Sean Clifford, I mentioned on Friday, I thought he had a you know, pretty nice day. Ball came out of his hand good, tight spirals and, you know, was it was pretty on target. I thought Saturday was a little bit different, had a couple fluttering balls over the middle, you know, didn't quite have that that crispness of, you know, with the ball that we saw on Friday, you know, had a couple ball, you know, balls that, you know, kind of just fell incomplete. So I didn't think he was quite as sharp on Saturday as he was on Friday. Again, does it mean a whole heck of a lot? No, not at all. But um, as, as, at least in comparison to how sharp he looked Friday, thought it was a, maybe a slight step back for Clifford on Saturday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another player that stood out to me was Carrington Valentine. And this is a player who, you know, I know Mel Kuyper was all over him on draft day that he should have been drafted sooner. I mentioned, you know, in one of the quick breakdowns that I did is that I think the thing that I really like is had he been used more, I think as a pure press man corner, I think he probably would have been seen much better and probably would have been drafted much earlier. He ended up playing a lot of zone, you know, off man sort of stuff. And maybe that's ultimately what he'll have to do in Green Bay as well. But he also has a ton of special teams experience. But I was really impressed. Remember, he was like a 4-3-40 guy, incredible athlete. 
athlete. I was really impressed by his movement skills. You know, he looked like he had pretty fluid hips for his size. You know, again, four three forty guy looked like he was going to be able to come up and you know probably have that physicality to jam at the line of scrimmage. I'm not saying we should you know put any crazy expectations on a seventh round pick here, but it was definitely a player that just from a pure movement skill standpoint definitely stood out to me, especially on Saturday as I got to watch him a little bit more. Uh, Lou Nichols struggled a little bit, uh, specifically with a couple passes down the field. Um, you could tell that area of his game is just going to need a little bit more work. You know, it was more of that overarching or overall running back, you know, a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, a little bit of kind of a tweener back. Um, you know, he's got a, a good build on him, 200 plus pounds. I usually like those type of running backs. They're a little bit shorter with a little bit more weight. Um, you know, they, they have a opportunity to, to hide a little bit more behind some off, you know, bigger offensive linemen. And he's got really great vision, but you can tell the the pass catching and some of that sort of stuff is just going to take a little bit more and probably be a little bit more of a work in progress. Um, like I said, he had a couple of balls down the field that I didn't think he tracked very well and had the opportunity to catch and just didn't come down with. So again, nothing egregious here, but I thought he had uh, you know, a couple things that he just showed that he might need to work on a little bit. Uh, Jaden Reed, Throughout the weekend, uh, we saw him in motion a lot, lined up in the slot quite a bit. And these were just, again, against air, nothing, no, no team drills or anything like that. But this looks like a player that is going to fill that slot gadget role as expected. That's nothing you know outside of the realm of uh, exactly what we expected from Jaden Reed. But I do think he has the ability to play on the outside. I do think he's going to get in, his name involved in the punt return uh, duties as well. But this is a player that I think they're really going to be creative with in the you know in the in in the motion game and some of the bunches and in the slot. I think we're going to see him. I think some of the ideas they had for Amari Rogers that never came to fruition because A, they traded for Cobb and Rogers wanted Cobb out on the field and B, because Amari just never really developed the way that they were hoping and expecting him to. I think Jaden Reed is going to do a much better job with that role and those responsibilities and be a very fun gadget player for Green Bay as Matt LaFleur in this offense progresses under Jordan Love as QB number one. Another fun moment in practice, Matt LaFleur uh, had a little bit of a coaching moment with Luke Musgrave, and this is nothing on Luke Musgrave. In fact, it's more of just a compliment for Matt LaFleur. I've seen this now for a few years, you know, covering the team and in, in, in being there during practices is Matt will coach every position, you know, and some, some coaches will, you know, be drawn more to the quarterbacks. Some will be more drawn to the defense, depending on their specialties. The thing I really love about Matt is he's constantly watching everyone and he'll pull a player to the side and show exactly what he's expecting and say what he wants them to do. And he had a really fun moment with Luke Musgrave of just kind of walking through and explaining how he wanted him. It looked like, you know, just the you know expectations on how to run a specific route is, you know, from what I could tell, but either way, I love when Matt is hands-on like that. You can tell just the football knowledge and the passion that he has for the game and the attention to detail that he has on how he wants players to run specific routes or do their specific jobs. So I love those moments from Matt and he had a, a really fun one, you know, with, with Musgrave and you could tell Musgrave was intent, you know, he was hanging on every word that Matt was saying. And hopefully that's something that now Luke can learn from and, and definitely be better at whatever it is that Matt wanted him to be better at moving forward. But like I said, I love those moments for Matt LaFleur and it was great seeing him back at practice on Saturday. Uh, Grant DuBose did not practice. Everyone else was active in there on Saturday. And again, DuBose was the only player that missed any time on either day. And then post-practice, we had a couple news and notes as well. So Matt LaFleur at his press conference. This, I've mentioned this before, but 
it barely goes by a single press conference by either Matt LaFleur or Brian Gutekunst where they don't bring up Samore Toure unprompted. And yesterday on Saturday was another incredible example of this. They were you know, asked about wanting to add a veteran wide receiver and things like that. And once again, Samore Toure was brought up unprompted along with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. But it just goes to show you how top of mind Samore Toure is for them. And it seems like they have a real legitimate plan for him moving forward. I do not think that this is just some random thing where, you know, whatever. Like, I think they legitimately think that Samore Toure is going to be a real legit player in this league. Now, I'm not saying like starter. I'm not saying like that he's going to be this dynamic wide receiver, anything like that. But you can tell they have a plan for him. And I would say that, you know, your your top four going in are probably going to be your your top two guys from last year, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samori Torre, and then Jaden Reed would be my guess. And then we'll see if Wicks and DuBose can get their names in the conversation. Maybe a Bo Melton can get his name in the conversation. But overall, I, I'm very much expecting Samori Torre to be very involved. I Somebody asked me on Twitter if I thought he's going to make, like, we're well past the point of him making the roster. Like, he is almost just based on how they talk about him, I think he's a very, very good bet to make the roster. And not only that, he's probably going to see a good deal of the field in 2023. Matt LaFleur also mentioned the pacing of practice and how they were trying to go through walkthroughs with these rookies and the rookies just like couldn't slow down and do walkthrough pace. Like they were just constantly going fast. And he's like, he kept telling them to like pump the brakes a little bit. So you just love seeing that from your rookies and your undrafted free agents, your tryout guys. You love that passion. You love that intensity. And I kind of got that vibe. It was a really good group of 48 players. And again, some of these guys are coming back from last year. Some of these are rookies, undrafted guys, tryout guys. But overall, I would say kudos to the scouting team and and you know and Brian Gutekunst and you know putting this this group together from not only the the 13 guys that they drafted, but their undrafted free agent class and even the guys that were just there for tryouts. There was good intensity good pacing. And you could tell that those guys were laser focused on everything that the, you know, the coaches were telling them. So I'm sure that's a lot to take in for a bunch of rookies, you know, for mo- at least mostly rookies at their very first NFL practices. But I thought this group handled it well. And like I said, it was good pacing overall. And Matt LaFleur echoed that in his press conference. And then last but not least, uh, William Hooper, a defensive back who they had in for a tryout corner from Northwestern State. Uh, they did officially, well, not officially, but they've uh, reportedly signed him to the active roster per Aaron Wilson. So uh, that will be one of their three openings that they filled with a uh, trial player. And again, that is William Hooper, who apparently goes by Hoop. And again, is a corner out of Northwestern State. Didn't get to see too much of him over the weekend, but uh, we'll get a better look at him moving forward in OTAs, mini camps, etc. So those were all of my main observations and takeaways. Like I said, a fairly nondescript weekend overall. We only got to see about what probably an hour and a half of practice over two days. So, you know, take all of this, you know, for what it is. It's just first observations and a first glance at a lot of these players and what they could, you know, potentially be and just your your sort of your first impression. So that's all this is. It's not meant to be too heavy hitting. It's not meant to be, you know, anything really more than that. But Those were my initial impressions and my first impressions, and I'm happy that I get to share them with all of you. That's going to do it for me today. Thanks so much for joining me. We'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode, but until next time, and as always, go Paco.